Scooby-Doo, where are you? <laughs> well, the years start coming and they don't stop 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 coming Hello and welcome to another edition of Any Ogre Totes Ogre. I'm usual host Will. And once again, joining me is my good buddy, Matt. Hey, Matt. Hey, Will. How's it going, bud? I'm fine. And also joining us once again is our good buddy, Chris. Hey, Chris. Hello. And we're here yet again for another conspiracy theory episode. Yes. Uh, every September since, I believe, season two, when Chris joined yep. us, mm-hmm. we've been doing a episode devoted to our different theories or ideas for what could be going on behind the scenes or what kooky and spooky things are uh, going on that we're not being told directly. It, you know, it could also be looked at as our world-building episode, I think. Yes. It's us doing the work <laughs> for the screenwriters, I like to think. Like, it's us <laughs> fleshing out their ideas, making sense of things that don't make sense to us, and all that. So, uh, with that out of the way, uh, why don't we just start, since Matt suggested he wanted to do one real quick, why don't we start with you, Matt? So this isn't so much a conspiracy theory as much as it is just a, th- a theory. Um, a query? But it's a query, perhaps, <laughs> yeah. mayhaps. Um, a question of some sort. <laughs> a quandary. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, at the beginning of the movie, Velma, um, when they're at the airport and they all see each other and Shaggy first shows up and he's like, far out, guess we're all going to Spooky Island. Um, Velma goes, wait. Where's Scooby? And I have a theory that she believes in that moment that Scooby-Doo has died. (laughs) Jeez. I mean, yeah, because if you see your friend that normally has this dog with him and you haven't seen him in two years, you kind of assume the worst. (laughs) I mean, because at that point, Scooby's what? He's not a puppy. No, he's he's an adult man. Well, not a man, a dog. But, uh, that's the joke. Yeah. He eats a lot of human food. Yeah, that's true. That too. Yeah, yeah. If you if you haven't seen the dog for a while and you take into account his his diet, uh, it's not impossible to believe that that she assumed the worst. But uh, yeah, I mean that's a fun theory, I guess. It's kind of sad, but I'm glad it didn't pan out because that'd be a pretty boring movie if Scooby Doo was only in the first 20 minutes and they were just like. Oh, well, actually. Well, I guess that for that to work, it would have to imply that Scooby-Doo died somewhere between meeting that guy and getting on the plane, which I don't, I don't like diving into this wormhole too much. Um, I, I, like, I can dive into it a little bit more. If you want. Why do you want to do it? Everything after the, um, the toy factory, mm-hmm. the team splits up, Mm-hmm. Uh, Scooby does die, and then Shaggy is just like really depressed, and the entire remainder of the movie is him coping with a the loss of his best friend and b the grief of uh, mystery team breaking up. <laughs> yeah, I mean and that would explain all the supernatural elements that that aren't normally in a Scooby Doo property. Mm, well, okay. you you actually tie into what my theory was, which is the one I wrote when we started uh, viewing one back in January, which is. Uh, I don't know if I have a way to back this up completely, but it's the first thing that came to mind. It's uh, that they all are dead. 
and kind of similar <laughs> to what Chris said. They have Jeez. died somewhere in the past couple years. And that the, the reason they chase ghosts now <laughs> is that they can no longer tell the living from the dead. Okay. <laughs> and that, that also explains why Scooby and Shaggy like never gain weight or why they don't age between um, you know, like the, the two-year period at the beginning and then where they are at the end of the film. Like, sure. They, they are just um, mere uh, configurations, I guess, of their former selves. Now, you may be wondering yourself, if that's the case... How they have their souls ripped out of their bodies halfway through, and my answer is I don't know. <laughs> I, I I I can't figure that one out completely yet, unless, and this kind of goes into a second theory I had, they are actual demons who are living in hell, mm. and that the reason they are literal demons is because they themselves are also demons, and that they are in some kind of weird like hellish purgatory. Did you just say the reason that they are demons is because they are also demons? No, no sorry. I mean, those, like, purple <laughs> things are, like, the actual, oh. like... Oh, like, They're, like, okay, they're, like okay, the hell okay. spawns that have been there either from the get-go or that have been, like, dead and burning in hell for who knows how long. And that because the Scooby-Doo gang and presumably all of the, the college-age students that are there in the island with them are, like, fresh souls that they still retain some humanity. Like, they haven't been configured yet. Mm-hmm. So, that's my first theory. Nice. So, Chris, uh, do you want to go off one of the ones you wrote? Um, I'm still kind of stuck on this one that we're... <laughs> <laughs> we got to go further. Every, everybody's dead. Um... <laughs> <clears throat> oh, also, uh, Mary Jane, in this case, is the soul of a woman who died on Spooky Island. That's why we only see her on the plane and on oh, Spooky Island, okay. and we never see her... She's elsewhere. tethered to it. Yeah, she's tethered to the island. Like, <laughs> it's kind of like a Casper thing, where yeah. like she's like she has to stay in that that one place. Like somehow she got on a plane, but otherwise she is. Uh... What role is Mondavarius? Did you already say this? I apologize if I missed it. No, I didn't dive into Mondavarius. I just assumed that like well, I mean obviously the the Mondavarius that we know for most of the movie is the robot, right? Which, which I don't know why they're robots in in hell. But I can't really explain that either. <laughs> so, so in this interpretation, he is indeed just a robot in hell. Well, I don't know about the real Montevarius. I think the real Montevarius is like either the Shane. devil incarnate. Yeah, I was gonna say the devil That's, incarnate, yeah. or uh, you know, like some sort of like advanced high level so, demon. So when Shaggy rescues him, he's like releasing more evil into the hell. Yeah, yeah basically, yeah. <laughs> Whatever the mystery. <laughs> wherever the case whatever fred says at the end <laughs> so uh, if this is hell then what's the deal with the with the voodoo guy mm-hmm. he is um some sort of like portal crossing mm. man who's like neither amongst the living or the dead he's he, like a davy jones style he he brings people to the underworld I oh yeah so. he's um he's the what's his face that um operates the river sticks i was that's what i was actually gonna say initially yeah. but i couldn't think of who it was so that's why i went with davy jones because i watched the pirates of the caribbean movies the past couple weeks it's the more racist version of that yeah, <laughs> yeah. um i actually have a theory about that guy but i want to let chris go first oh, okay. um but also I'm, if we're not I'm finished gl- i'm glad you guys ahead. didn't ask about scrappy because i don't really have an answer there um, the only, yeah, the scrappy thing just ties into um, my theory of, of everybody being dead. 
Yeah. And, okay, uh, so we have the same idea. Yeah, just like <laughs> it's, you know, uh, well, not, not, I'm sorry, not everybody being dead, but um, everybody except for Shaggy being dead. And then oh, okay. Like, oh, okay. Shaggy has invented this whole scenario and everything as a, as a means of coping with the, the grief. And mm-hmm. so um, uh, in his in his his fever dream of, of well, coping like with loss, it's some sort of like drug induced state. Yeah, and, and every everybody that he's met in his life somehow plays into it, and he's like, "Oh, um, you know, because because uh, he lost Scooby, and then his last memory of Scrappy was him being a, a, a jerk off, and um, and uh, so he, he in his in his in his drug induced state, he, he takes Scrappy to the extreme of being this evil um, guy that wants to take over the world. Okay, so you're saying that." Basically, the opening of the movie, where they all break up, and then that flashback scene are the only time they are actually together and living. Everything else is just part of Shaggy's elaborate imagination. Yes. Okay. I can get I can get behind that. Same. Uh, Matt, do you want to go? Sure, I can go. I, I can I can do the voodoo theory too. Um, so my general method when we do these conspiracy theory episodes is while we watch the movie. I write down questions that I have, and then I just try to create answers for them. Um, And so I had two questions that I couldn't come up with a good answer for until I combined them. But this is one that I definitely want to develop more with you guys. Um, So the questions were, voodoo guy, what's the story? Like, who the hell is this guy? (laughs) (laughs) Um, Because he doesn't do anything, and at the end, he's not with the bad guys. So it's like... What's his? What? Where's his loyalty? Yeah. Um, he is the in other... the. Uh, I, I I forgot until this viewing that he is with the, the group during the telecast. Like I forgot that he was behind Shaggy. Yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah. He's like he's he's with them at the end and not with the bad guys. Right. Um. So he's not a part of whatever their operation is that's running like the whole island. Yeah. Um. Well, he lives on the beach. So well, that's exactly. Yeah. yeah. But pretty close to the resort because you can see the main dock that they come in on from the background. Or in the mm-hmm. background of whenever they're there. Um, and then, so the other question that I had that I couldn't come up with an answer, and you guys will like this one, but it's, what is the true story of Velma's friend? Who is this guy? <laughs> <laughs> what is his goatee powers? And so, the theory that I've come up with that I need some help developing is that Velma's friend and the voodoo guy are in cahoots. <laughs> and they're trying to usurp Spooky Island from Mondavarius. They're unaware that Mondavarius is actually scrappy. Um, they're just, they like, they, there's the spooky resort that exists, and so they've moved in, and they're trying to take advantage of the fact that the mystery team has shown up. Um, and so, like, they that's why he's trying to get close to Velma to, like, find out you know what's going on that's why he's staying next to her at the cult thing at the beginning um and then the the voodoo guy i don't know like i said i need some help but what do you guys think (laughs) uh one thought that crossed my mind is that it's kind of going off of what chris said is that if this is all a part of elaborate elaborate fantasy of scrap shaggy then that means that he wanted some peace for velma like he felt like she needs some Mm. sort of like friend or like love interest okay he didn't, but he didn't realize that she was gay like it just never like it just he never connected two and two <laughs> together so he's like well she's probably into like some guy but he's like what is he what would he be into and he's like i don't like he is, he draws a blank 
So he just like comes up with like the most generic like dude that <laughs> Velma would seemingly be into, not realizing that she's not into guys in the first place. Okay, I like that. I like yeah. that. Yeah. As a possible explanation for him. Uh Chris, any thoughts? Um, on him or the voodoo guy or I, I like that. No, I like what Will said is 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 he's just like, uh, uh I don't know. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> he has a goatee. He listens to Led Zeppelin. Uh, that's fine. I guess that works. <laughs> that's enough. <laughs> it's the extent of, of Shaggy's knowledge of pop culture. Yeah, and his imagination. <laughs> yeah. Uh, for Voodoo Guy, um, I mean, he's a really generic character. Yeah. I also think the Voodoo Guy could be alone in trying to usurp Spooky Island. Um, because, because he's moved in on the beach. Like, maybe he's aware of Scrappy and, like that whole thing so he's maybe trying to I, I don't know i think he's more morally neutral yeah and that like i think i think he recognizes that there's evil there like he doesn't he realizes things are off like things aren't right on Spooky yeah. island but he doesn't really know where to direct his like confusion and like his I, sense of conspiracy i also like the idea that he is not a part of the resort in any way he's like not associated he just happens to also live on the island on the beach <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I don't know like what his history is with the island if he's like if if he like came there. I like there that he was he there first. There. <laughs> okay. <laughs> or no, I also like the idea of him coming there after Scrappy took over because he sensed like a disturbance and just someone dropped whatever he to... was doing and just hopped on. Well, no, it's voodoo stuff, you know. Uh, I don't yeah. know. Yeah, no, that's what I mean. Like just like he just like whatever he was doing Maybe... before this. He's Maybe like, Mondavarius called him before Scrappy took over, and then he got there and was like, hmm, I don't yeah. know. I mean, what well, that, that raises a question that I've had since the beginning, which is, where exactly is Spooky Island? Yeah. Like, I, I know it was filmed, in, the movie was filmed in Australia, but in the, like, little video thing that they do with the, like, fake 50s, like, manners video, mm -hmm. they say in America, which I find hard to believe. Like, I don't think this is, like some sort of island off of in like like by hawaii or something like I, i'm I, gonna say it's in the caribbean i mean that would yeah. make sense yeah probably makes the most sense but i mean what if it's not anywhere that's well, true well, yeah i mean that that's like the the connecting <laughs> to hell yeah. yeah exactly that's what i mean it's like some like sort of like <laughs> uh it's at the very it's a direct dead center of the bermuda triangle Mm-hmm. yeah it's just it's just 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 chilling in the middle of the Bermuda Triangle, exactly. <laughs> that somehow they flew to by plane. Speaking of which, did they, did they ever find Malaysia flight? No. Uh, they didn't? Okay. So are you... Chris, I don't know if... Are you implying? <laughs> oh, no. Maybe. All right. I don't know if we should dive too far into <laughs> that. Um, that. That's like no, real conspiracy that... theory. <clears throat> conspiracy yeah, theory, yeah, right. we'll um, you talk about Mondavarius called the voodoo guy. Maybe like he's like a secret guardian of the island. Um, mm. hmm. And Mondavarius calls him like, "They're about to take me." Yeah, exactly. Keep it secret. Keep it safe. Ching. And then uh, the voodoo guy flies to the island, and and he can't he can't say anything or else they'll they'll kill him yes yes um so he has to figure out a way to disrupt uh scrappy's plan while also oh. not getting in the way of the monsters who who know he's there 
and and, mm, he, and that's why he sends Daphne. He's like, do not go there because he knows that if she goes there, she'll get information that she needs. So he actually is trying to guide her there. Yeah. So when she was uh, confusing everybody by doing the double <laughs> negatives, she was actually dead on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But for the, she had the wrong um, motivation that right. she thought he had. Yeah. But yeah. So he's secretly um, moving all the chess pieces. <laughs> when, he, when he creates the explosion, you know... That's the, to get them all to come to the same place. <laughs> exactly, exactly, exactly. <laughs> so, I like it. Uh, Matt, do you have any other theories, or do we want to dive into this one anymore before we jump into your next idea? I mean, I can I can keep going. Okay. Uh, or, well, with a different one, I mean. Okay. Um, so this maybe ties into the hell one. Uh, but uh, basically the idea is that I think that this is a world in which actual monsters like do exist. Um, because otherwise, like, how are people actually believing that all of these monsters exist? (laughs) And like, I mean, we've already, we also like kind of see this because obviously the monsters on spooky Island are real. Um, but I think that monsters in this universe are kind of rare but not so rare that people are shocked to see Scooby-Doo because this theory is also that Scooby-Doo is a monster of sorts. Okay. I mean, that would explain his horrible ability to talk. Yeah. Uh, what were you saying, Chris? No, I, I, I agreed. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. So that makes sense. I think that, that that's actually probably pretty accurate. Um, Chris, did you have another conspiracy theory? Um... I, I want to talk about Pamela Anderson. Sure. <laughs> Who doesn't? Okay, let's hear it, yeah. Uh, I, I don't really have a fully formed conspiracy theory on her. That's but fine. It, it still bugs me that she's in the movie. Um, <laughs> but, like, celebrity cameos in general have always bugged me. Yeah. Um, like, in, like oh, I think yeah. as I got older, they didn't bug me quite as much, but... Do you think... Uh, I'm sorry, this is just a thought I had right now. Do you think when she smashed the car into the building, she in fact actually killed the mystery team and that from that point forward, <laughs> everything else is like their spirit incarnate? So I be. actually, yeah. I want to address that because when I was watching this time, she doesn't drive through a wall. She drives in through like a garage door that for some reason someone has just stacked a whole bunch of yeah. merchandise in front of. So... Yeah, I mean, I still just don't get why she does it. I, I, I just, that that scene still bugs me, but I feel like there's like something there that we haven't really explored, which is the yeah. idea that like maybe that's where like reality and fiction start to blur. Mm. Like that's the actual like moment where like you know that 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 is our our cross between the living and the dead. <laughs> I like uh, it. But sorry, what the were threshold. you saying, Chris? What, what were you gonna say about Pamela Anderson? Well, <clears throat> I'm just gonna just go for it here. Um, Oh jeez! Oh boy! The, the, the you can't world... say she, you can't say she's a succubus because he did that last year. <laughs> <laughs> I think every well, year I, he's allowed. Yeah, he's allowed to say whatever he wants. Will don't sure. censor Chris. Sure. I apologize, Chris. What no, that's okay. Say? I wasn't going to say she's a succubus, um, because that would because that would interfere with my theory that Mary Jane is a succubus. Um, oh but... no! <laughs> no, just joking. Uh, <laughs> Or am I? Uh, so uh, this is a world in which monsters exist, and then the okay. the toy factory is like, um, 
is like this 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 isolated uh, pocket of reality where where everything is is realistic. And then when Pamela Anderson drives through the garage door, she breaks the seal, mm. um, and uh, that's what kind of really unleashes all the evil. Into the, no, it's the other way around. Sorry, the, the the factory has all the evil in it, and then when she drives through, she, the, she drives through. The evil. Yeah, and then she... so over the course of two years following this incident, it's just been pure chaos. The evil because... continues to leak from the because. The... Because there's no mystery team to solve these crimes. Yes. All because Pam Anderson yeah. had to drive through a wall? <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, in doing so, it, it's one of two events. Like, because she did this and because they, they quit their mystery hunting, mm-hmm. the world has just gone to pure chaos. Mm-hmm. It was a, yeah, fatal fatal move by Pam Anderson to drive through the wall. Yeah. She broke the barrier between reality and evil. Exactly. <laughs> I like that, it. That's a good one. Okay, that doesn't really uh, explain well. What doesn't really explain why nothing evil is happening in the factory uh, during this whole sequence. Uh, there's a man dressed as a ghost flying around. That's pretty evil, if you ask me. <laughs> that's that's true. <laughs> but of course, you know, if if Roger Gosnell didn't want to put the thought into it, then I won't either. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I mean, that factory doesn't seem up to code, in my view. Like, there's like a skateboard ramp in there. There's like a big, there's a there's a skateboard just lying around. There's a there's a giant machine that just crushes things for seemingly no reason. Yeah. Or presses things. I don't exactly know. Like I don't get like it's, how it it's all lot, very. It did a lot more than just press that that, that skateboard. <laughs> um. There's a a barrel that just breaks a hole when it yeah. There's something. The, there's an inexplicable uh, barrel that's there for seemingly no reason. That's yeah, oil. Like. Yeah, vats of oil. What do you? How, what do you? What do you need that to make toys for? Exactly. I don't. Like I said, it's not the code. There's. There's some guys. Oil here. is for the machinery. Yeah, you but, oil the machinery. <laughs> but why would you need a barrel of it? Yeah, that's like too. The much. barrel is empty. Shaggy and Scooby are in the barrel. No, that's there's right, there's yeah. the vat of oil. Remember, <laughs> yeah, like the, oh yeah, there is a vat. And, yeah. and that's what's what what I mean. Maybe maybe they buy in bulk. Oh wait, no. Or was the no the barrel of oil? It's like a little bucket of oil, wasn't it? That's that's true. Yeah, it's like a little like thing. Yeah. See, you guys are you're why like misleading it, the audience. But why, why is, is it, it just sitting around? Yeah, exactly. That's what I was gonna that's, say. Have that, you ever been to a factory? Have not you recently? Uh, yes. <laughs> it's it, you know it's not always the most organized. Well, Sometimes what, you just have stuff sitting where you need it. Well, that's what I'm saying. It's off the code. Like there's like yes. clearly okay, like okay. Then yes, I agree. There's but, stuff here that clearly is not like if if a health inspector. Or whatever yeah. the equivalent of that would be, like for a factory, but yeah, they would lose like, points. Yeah. they'd be like red red marker time because we gotta yeah. we gotta check some things off here. This isn't mm-hmm. this isn't right. Yeah, mm-hmm. I I agree with that. So, uh, all right, I, mean, I apologize for making some accusations there. <laughs> Jeez, <sorry. laughs> uh, go ahead, Chris. I'm sorry. Oh, I was gonna just uh, on the oil thing. It's for oiling the machinery, but it's just a bucket. Like you just splash the oil on the machinery. It should be like in a little. Uh, dropper or something but anyway i don't want to keep getting hung up on the barrel of, <laughs> bucket of oil <laughs> on that note uh, though i did have an observation um uh during i the, mean that part of the movie is that why is there there's like a machine gun sound when velma's getting sprayed with the uh with the water do you guys ever notice that no no i don't think i have i mean when, is it just the hose because those hoses are industrial so they're like loud yeah I was gonna it, say, so I think that's pretty big it, it's just and she's like Wah! 
and then it, like at, on the downswing of her uh, of her swing, you hear this. Well, that's the oh, that's the chain. Yeah, I was gonna say that's a chain. Oh, that's the chain. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's the metal chain that's going down. She's like caught upside down. Oh, okay. Yeah. I thought it was the water, and I was like, "What?" Conspiracy no, no. theory: It's a it's a machine gun. <laughs> Fred's actually that's Fred killing Val. Yeah, Fred's Fred's so, okay. <laughs> Fred kills everybody. <laughs> New theory. Oh <laughs> uh, man, that Sh- Shaggy and Scooby actually got pressed into that hydraulic press. <laughs> He's the one behind. He's behind the lunar ghost. He was all his, his plan. <laughs> it's all Fred. That's his uncle. Yeah. <laughs> um. In any case, uh, is that it for you, Chris? Or do you have anything more to add on to that? Um, that's about it for that one. Yeah. Yeah, and I will say, I mean, never apologize for diving into something. I think that oil discussion is is what I want this podcast to be like. <laughs> spending five minutes on a seemingly non-equential. Or I agree. In, in, inconsequential uh, <laughs> thing is, I think that's what this podcast is all about. So never apologize for that. Okay. Um, but in any case, my last theory, and this one isn't fully developed, but it's one I had towards like the last fifteen minutes of the movie that, since I thought it has been intriguing to me, which is that during the build up to the unfortunate snot scene, Ugh. there's uh, a point where uh, Scrappy is holding up little Shaggy or little Scooby. And he's like, oh, he looks so much bigger on TV. And it's like, well, how would he know what he looks like on TV? And it's like, does he... Because there's little, like, meta jokes throughout the film where it's like, he, they, they all seem to be aware that they're in a show or a part of a show yeah. or something. So my theory... Scooby looks at the camera a few times. Exactly. Is that my theory is that this is all, like, kind of like a Lego movie, like, toy set for, like... Mm. It's a mix of Lego movie and, like, St. Elsewhere where it's, like, a kind of, like, unusual kid... But not too unusual because he's like playing with um, Scooby Doo toys, so it's like, you know, he he has like common interests. But like his view is that he thinks Scrappy is like way misunderstood. Like he just is like Scrappy never gets his due. Everyone makes fun of him. What if Scrappy had his day? And this whole movie is his elaborate vision of like what Scrappy would be like if he got his his due. But he has some sorts of like moral code where he doesn't let Scrappy win, or like I don't know if it's like some sort of like brother or like father figure something that comes in and like well scrappy can't win like he can't kill the mystery team and like he like reverses the ending and then the kid's like frustrated but it's like you know he he, Mm. he, so it's like some sort of like you know like two author kind of thing going on there yeah 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 but i'm just um, getting oh go ahead but that's my theory is that basically this whole movie is just some warped kid's perception of what a scooby-doo movie should be where scrappy is meant to get justice but then he's thwarted by the end <laughs> I was getting hung up on the fact that you kept saying Scrappy getting his due. Yeah, <laughs> I didn't even think about that. Uh, but I, I like that. You, I don't know if you have any more to add to that or elaborate that could contradict or add to that theory. How but, Scrappy got his due back. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I mean that's that that was a theory I started to come up with towards the end of the movie is that the idea that this whole movie is basically some kid's idea of like what would happen if Scrappy finally snapped and, you know, basically got tried to rein his terror on the uh, mystery gang, but somehow he either has a moral code or his, his, like, parental figure or something comes in, like a babysitter or whatever, comes in and and prevents that from happening. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> in full. That actually, 
so this this is like not so much a conspiracy theory so much as it is a point about the movie and if we have already discussed this i apologize you know we're obviously eight months into this or t nine months into this um is is the ending with scrappy really earned do you guys think like the reveal of scrappy being the villain behind the whole thing is it that we're talking about a character that gets introduced halfway through this movie yeah well, I mean, that kind of adds to something. I, I, I took some notes, like, and we can discuss these if you have any, like, some notes I had outside of the conspiracy theories. I didn't take any this month. That's okay. I mean, I just took some because I had some other thoughts yeah. came to mind. But one yeah. of them I had was, like, is this movie really, like, an actual good mystery? And my <laughs> ultimate idea is, is not. <laughs> because, yeah. like, the whole idea of, like, their mystery theory is basically, like, they're on a spooky island and they instantly assume it's Montevarius, and then they're just like, oh, there's always these other suspects, but, like, Montevarius is probably it. And then they just are like, nah, it probably isn't Montevarius, because why would he invite us to the island? And then they're like, oh, wait, no, it is Montevarius. And then they find out it's Scrappy. <laughs> so it's not really yeah, like a good exactly. mystery. <laughs> yeah. There aren't really any That's clues. Mm-mm. Like, it, it probably would have been a better mystery, but a much more racist movie if it was the voodoo guy. Yeah. Yeah. Like, because the second one actually has a mystery. Yeah. Yeah. With clues and hints I mean, throughout. Well, that's what I was saying. Is that like it is a mystery? It's just not a very good mystery. Yeah, I agree. I think so. It it's be, they should have done like a, a a double unmasking like they did in in Scooby Doo Two, where well, there's there's a uh, draft of this that uh, basically points to the uh, the villain is Don Knotts at the end. <laughs> well, that's the original <laughs> script, yeah. Which I, yeah. I I like that ending a little bit more. Yeah, I do too. I mean, to be fair, like, most of the time for Scooby-Doo, like, the villain isn't really set up much beyond, like, maybe, like, a throwaway line or something. So it's not, I don't think yeah. it's out of the question for Scrappy to be the villain. It's like, it tracks with Scooby-Doo. It's just not necessarily a very good mystery. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. So it's not really earned. Do we agree on that? Yeah. Uh, I thought okay. that it's unearned, I think. I think it's just, uh, I, I think it's fine for what it is, but it's not a very good mystery. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, any other theories? Uh, all I've got. Yeah, I mean, I don't have any more theories. I have, like I said, I have a couple of notes I can go over if you... If you Why don't you go over your notes, and then I have one more, like, kind of fun theory that we can discuss. And that's okay. we can close out with that. Sure. Um, so, I noticed during the old man Smithers scene, uh, mm -hmm. when he, like, starts to, like, float away in the bubble the machine suit thing. Fred grabs his ankle so that he doesn't, like, fly away, like, to the roof <laughs> or, like, out of the building. I don't know if you guys nice. noticed that before. I didn't. But uh, I thought that was kind of a nice touch, a nice subtle touch. Um, I noticed this time during the uh, the fake-out with the, like, smoke coming out of the car and uh, when Shaggy goes, like, talk about Toasted, he coughs yeah. a little bit, which is supposed to, you know, kind of add yeah. to the theory that... I didn't notice that before, that he, like... Oh, nice, yeah. That he, like, does, like, a little, like, cough as well, but, so that's supposed <clears> to, like make you believe that they're doing drugs and the parents are going to be like, why are they doing drugs? And oh, oh, he's just grilling eggplant. I noticed this time around that uh, when there's the fart scene and like, you know, Shaggy's just doing this like whole thing. And then like he sticks his butt out to do the final fart that mm -hmm. uh, Scooby like looks either to the camera or to Velma or sorry to Daphne. And he like, does like that like shrug, like what are you gonna do, face? I never noticed that before. <laughs> I don't know if you guys have seen that before, but like that's Wait, cool. who looks at who looks at Daphne with the what are you gonna do face? Scooby. Oh, that's funny. 
because he like you know like he's like like trying to like you know like yeah. motion to oh well yeah. shaggy like don't do that and then like he does out the big one then he like puts his like hands out and like oh yeah, yeah shrugs yeah, yeah, he's yeah. like what are you gonna do <laughs> <laughs> or he, i guess he would do the voice which i can't really do what are you what are you chris yeah there, there you, go. you go yeah chris the only what one that can really do, do the, <laughs> the voice um oh yeah i also noticed yeah like i said before that goatee man is in the telecast at the end, so it took us like nine months. To no, realize. I noticed that. Oh, okay, I never noticed. He's that. with Velma. I think I pointed that out like month two, dude. Okay. <laughs> um, and I also noticed that um, it looks like when um, Daphne pulls the lever, like during her mm-hmm. fight with the uh, Telemundo guy, that she's like mm-hmm. has a ring on her finger. Mm-hmm. I never noticed. Is that her wedding ring? I don't know. I don't know. I, I just notice. I don't know. I just I'll look at out for that next time. She's like. I think she got married after the movie, but that might be, like, be her, like, engagement ring or something. I don't know if that's... I would imagine, as an actress, she's not wearing her engagement ring on screen. It's well, that's why I don't... It's probably just a character well, fashion choice thing. Well, that's why people I don't know. Wear rings. But, like, there's been times where, like, people forget. Yeah. And, like, you know, because like, it's just, like... It's not like she wears it every scene, but, like, is it, like, a recurring thing that she sometimes forgot to take off her ring? And then yeah. there was, like, no whatever script supervisor that, like, hey, you got to take off your ring. Like, oh, sorry. Whatever. Or maybe she was just like, she wanted Daphne to also be engaged. I don't know. Sure. Um, But those are all my notes. Oh, actually, actually, I I lied. I also wrote, I believe this movie is both too clever and not clever enough. (laughs) I agree with that. um, Sorry, what were you going to say? Okay, well, cool. So um, my last theory. So as I talked about, I go through and I write down my questions during the movie. Um, I did, I, I had one that I don't really think we need to get into, but it's basically, this is more of just, I guess, a note, um, which is that who the heck funded Spooky Island? There's no market for an island this elaborate and this, like, thought out, you know? Like, like, the thing that tipped me to that was that when they ride the quads and the quads have these little tails, there's no, like, that... The, the amount of detail that your park has that, like, even the ATVs have stuff. It's like, are they really... Is this... Could this exist? Could Spook Island exist in the real world? I don't think it could. I don't think there's a big enough market. Um, I think it was entirely funded by Red Bull. Hmm. Uh, that does make a little more sense. <laughs> like, they, they funded the whole park. You agree, Chris? Yes. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, but so my other question that I had... So, we've talked before about how whenever Velma tells the flashback story midway through the movie, um, that there's obviously a cutscene where she performs, and that's why everyone is applauding. And while we believe that the deleted scenes are canon, that one ostensibly is not because, it, you know, we see the whole scene, so there's no time for her to do that musical number. Well, it's um, like this sort of, like, in-between zone where it's like, it both happened and didn't happen at once. Right. Well, and so in the world where it didn't happen, why is everyone clapping? And so <laughs> my theory is just that while Velma was telling the story, that bald guy, what's his name again? Uh, uh, Nabu or Nagu? Nabu. Nagu? Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> I think he's the monkey from Aladdin. Yeah, I keep, uh, <laughs> I keep mixing him up with the, the monkey from Aladdin, but I think it's Nagu. Uh, he played some kind of insane and amazing piano solo that was like 
objectively tears, impressive. Tears to their yeah. eyes. And, yeah. yeah, like, it's really elaborate, and it's a, it's truly a shame that we didn't get to hear it. Um, <laughs> well, we heard some of it, but, like... It got, we heard the end in the beginning, but... Yeah, we, but it, got, it, it got clouded up by Brian... Uh, what's his name? From the Beach Boys. Brian... Yeah, Williams, I think. Wilson, I think, right? Wilson. Brian, Brian Wilson... Like it, it, we we mostly just heard Brian Wilson, so we missed the the poet poetic beauty of uh, his piano solo for that, yeah. that brief moment. We don't. Well, that's the thing. We don't get to hear any of the part that people are like going crazy for. I mean, there's people whistling at right. this. Yeah. Like Scooby is whistling. At yeah, Scooby's whistling, and there's people like crazy yeah. applause. So that's that's like he he did something profound, and we just yeah. didn't get to hear it. Well, I'm not Elma surprised was, because. Um, when he gets up to the piano, he like it's very dramatic. Yeah, exactly. He's like, "Let me show you, suckers." He like oh, cracks his knuckles by yeah. extending mm-hmm. his hands. Mm-hmm. So that's why, yeah. So I guess we're all in agreement then. He Monteverdi or N- Nagu plays a really elaborate piano solo. Mm-hmm. I imagine it was jazzy. I wish yes. they had a, a shot of. Um, <laughs> Chris the tele- yes, really. I, I wish they had um, a shot of the Telemundo guy like crying or something while he's sure? playing the piano, like. His evil he's, best friend. Yeah, like is overcome with emotion. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like basically, yeah, like like um, Felonius, my man from Shrek. Yeah, when, when he like, yeah, starts yeah. crying, like a scene like that with the Telemundo guy. <laughs> Pick number three, my lord. <laughs> oh man, I think is this the first time we've talked about Felonius in three years? <laughs> I'll ask the audience if it is. Tweet at us. Yeah, tweet. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> tweet hashtag Felonius is back. Hashtag. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I do miss Shrek a little bit. I've been thinking about going back, because obviously I haven't touched it since we watched it season one, um, nor any of the sequels. Yeah. Uh, and so I still have never seen the fourth one, and so I, part of me wants to, like, you know, finally ring that bell. Sure. Um. Uh, the, I think once we do a movie for a season, it's basically dead to me. Like, I don't... That's kind of how I feel too. Like, although Cat in the Hat, I would still revisit. Yeah, sure, I mean, some point down the road, I probably would. I mean, but yeah, yeah. but the rest of them, I have, I have not even thought about rewatching. Yeah, I mean, if someone like put it on, like if someone was like, "Hey," for every reason, someone was like, "We're gonna watch 2004 Scarfield the movie," <laughs> I'd be like, "Okay, I'm not really gonna argue about this, I guess." <laughs> like, I'm not gonna leave the room, but yeah, I, I might, I might I just, like, I might have a phone. lot of thoughts. Yeah, I, I might just like play. Well, I think that's the thing is that like. I feel like once a movie is like done, like it's like you know, it's like a drained out sponge or something. It's just like oh no no no, I I agree. I'm saying like you have thoughts, stuff that we have discussed already, like yeah. not new thoughts. Right. Yeah. It's like I've I have twelve episodes. I have a lot to podcasts. say about this movie. <laughs> yeah. I have twelve forty-five minute episodes of thoughts on this movie. <laughs> I don't know. What if what if we did a special episode where we watched the other three Shrek movies and talk about them or something? I don't know. Maybe spitballing here. Anyway. Uh, any more conspiracy theories from anybody? Mm, I, I think, think that's so. it. Yeah. All right. And no other notes from anybody? Nope. I did uh, have some, but I just didn't write them down, so hopefully I remember to do that next month. You don't remember off the top of your head? Mm, nothing that I can think of, now. Okay. Well, uh, just before we wrap up, um, fortunately it's kind of becoming a common trend for the episodes, but we have a little memorial section where we want to just share some thoughts on the fact that uh, Joe Ruby pass away if you don't know joe ruby is one of the three creators of scooby-doo and he passed away i believe um it was just before we released yeah i was gonna say it was it was in between the recording and the release of our last episode 
Um, I don't, did anyone have any thoughts they wanted to share about Joe Ruby? Unfortunately, I'm not as familiar with his work outside of the original Scooby-Doo cartoons. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> um, no, I mean, just that Scooby-Doo is a, is a, is a landmark character. Yeah, Scooby-Doo oh, yeah. will outlive us all. Yeah. yeah, I mean, there is something to be said for sure about the idea of like creating something that, you know, while very simplistic and very, um, you know, uh, true, I guess, to its very core concept and not really ever changing too much outside of the what was established in the 60s. I mean, it, it right. is a credit to him that, you know, he made a character, a co-created character, I mean, that has, you know, lived as long as it has. And like you said, it will probably outlive all of us at this point. Uh, and, and, you know, certainly for understandable reasons, there is something very uh, endearing and uh, loving about that creation that, you know, has uh, brought a lot of good and joy for people in the world. And that's something to definitely commend uh, in this life. So that's a, it's a very quick and uh, brief thoughts, I guess, on Joe Ruby's legacy. And yeah. we felt it was worth it because, you know, obviously we're going to spend a year talking about something he helped create. We might as well send our thoughts and you know certainly yeah but uh other than that i think that's about it for this month's episode of eight ogre to its ogre in our conspiracy theory episode i i had a lot of fun (laughs) diving into the uh yeah this was a good one yeah uh these are always fun i always enjoy the conspiracy episodes um i was i to be honest i was a little apprehensive going into this one because i was like i feel like i can't come up with anything for this movie but i think we did well yeah yeah i mean like you were saying off the air it's like a fairly chaotic film so Mm -hmm. like i feel like there's always something going on where it's just like what's going on here like why is that happening yeah always something to point to yeah so it makes sense that there there are these different conspiracies that we can uh pop up it's a little easier to talk about conspiracies for this as opposed to i guess garfield the movie where it's such a film devoid of uh (laughs) much of anything that's like kind of hard to come up with like what's going on but you know in any case um that's uh that's a wrap so uh yeah uh i'm will I'm Matt. I'm Chris. And remember, kids. It ain't ogre. Till it's ogre. All right, goodbye, everybody. See ya. So much to do, so much to see, 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 so much to do, so much to see. Hey, school, that was fun. Let's grab another skateboard and, like, do it again, huh?